This is Scott Richmond and Arnie Sherman. You're listening to What Do You Know on News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. Hey Sherman, a good Sunday morning. You know, Scott, it's a great Sunday morning with all the horrible things that are going on in the world and everybody trying to put them aside for a moment so that we can celebrate the holiday season for, for everybody, for everybody's religious re- reasons and for holiday reasons and for gift-giving reasons. And, you know, the, the spirit of this time of year is, is almost universal. It's good to be in a town whose football team is going to the national championship. And that really is kind of an underlying, you know, excitement here in Missoula. You know, for uh, on, on January seventh, we're going to Frisco, Texas. We're going to play in a stadium that's smaller than our stadium, but we're going to be playing South Dakota State for the national championship. And everybody here is very prideful that we were able to do that, and, and uh, it's exciting to uh, to be able to call Missoula home right now. I agree. It's a, it's, and I think. Without saying, you know, without being overly optimistic and confident, I think we are going to win. Well, I know we're going to win. Uh, well, that, that's good. You can bet in Vegas. Is where it gets a, at the moment, it's a 13-and-a-half-point spread. We're underdogs, 13-and-a-half points. I know, but it was 14-and-a-half yeah, a couple it, days ago. Well, well it's, when, you, when you get three weeks to prepare for a game, and we have some folks today on the show that we can talk about this with. I know. You know, you, it, it kind of levels the playing field. You know, usually in the regular course of a, of a season, you get a week to repair, f- prepare for the next team. Right. And then you got a team the, the week right after that. Right. This is the last game. There's three weeks, three full weeks. One of them is a holiday week, so people can relax and be with their families right. for the holidays. But there's there's ample amount of time to, to analyze tape and review the other team and, and see what's going on. Also, I, I want I don't want to um, not mention the fact that our men's basketball team and women's basketball team both have winning records to look, launch into the season, and they've had some very uh, uh, big wins. You know, the men men beat uh, San Diego State at, at San Diego State, which big is a deal. huge win for us. So uh, that's very exciting. And on top of all of this, as if you could, not enough presents, not enough one presents. more present. We have two of the best name. Student athletes in the United States. I guarantee you there's no team that has two better names than, than the two names I'm going to share with you. And they are? So the Grizz just signed as a, a incoming freshman next year for the football team, the first football player from Browning, Montana, and an a, a enrolled member of the Blackhawk Nation. Fantastic. And his name is Tommy Running Rabbit. Okay. So we now have a football player named Tommy Running Ragged, Rabbit. Excuse me. And our <clears throat> what position? He is. He played uh, defense. Okay. And he played wide receiver and running back. He's a, okay. They, they uh, list him as an athlete, and he's you know it's very exciting. And we have currently a freshman basketball player who's number two in scoring on our team, whose real name is the same name as his father's name. And his, and he's out of Oakland, California. His name is Money Williams, <laughs> and I think that's one of the best names for a basketball player I've ever heard. And that's not a nickname; that's his given Money name. Money Williams. Money Williams. His dad's name was Money Williams. So, <laughs> so I, Montana I, I Athletics. Math, Montana Athletics have uh, have a running rabbit and a, a money ball player. <laughs> money yeah. ball. You know, talking about money ball, I just want to throw this in. 
it's an it's a upside down world, and I want to talk to uh, our guests today, Greg Sunberg and Eric Tabor, about this with this uh, NIL money. Oh yeah, the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers is making eight hundred and seventy thousand dollars this year. The backup quarterback for the University of Texas, Arch Manning, Jr. Is making two point three million in NIL money. <laughs> there seems to be something just feels wrong about that, don't you think? Yeah, I think that the world is upside down. There are some players that have gone through this athletic portal now four times. They've tr- they've moved to four different schools, getting four different pots of money. We need to ask the guys whether we are, we're worried about you anybody know, and, else going through the portal now. And, and we can't compete. One in of that our players, world. we can't. You know, there was. Uh, How do you compete? I don't know. Chip Kelly, I think, who was the coach of UCLA, just said there should be a. Uh, the NCAA should basically have a league that has uh, 32 teams. <laughs> and those are the teams that have, you know, the big name teams, the teams that have the money, and then right. everybody all. You know, it's sort of like. Minor leagues. Well, European soccer. You have right, the right, you know, right. Premier League, and then you have other leagues. Montana can never re- attract a four or five star recruit if they get millions of dollars. They're getting more money than the entire athletic staff makes. Unless a very well-heeled booster wants to help us. You know, and there's supposed to be a firewall between the uh, the NIL money and the teams, <laughs> but I don't know how that really works because how do you raise money to give NIL money unless you know who the player is? And the only way you know the player is by the school letting you know who the player they're going after is. I'm sorry I can't answer these questions, but our guests, Greg Sunberg and Eric Tabor, will be able to do so. Back with those guys right after these words. Arnie, we are back with Greg Sunberg and Eric Tabor. Our luminary guests. I'm, I'm almost uh, in awe. I generally don't get in awe of guests, but these guys really, in many ways, have their fingers on the pulse of all things Montana Grizz. And there's so much to talk about now. And it's good to have a show when we're in the national championship in our football program, which everybody... Right lives or dies for in, in not only Missoula, but around the state of Montana, except in the corridor near Bozeman. And the basketball team, both men, the men and women, the Lady Grizz and the, and the Grizz, will have winning records. They've had signature wins. And so everything's great in Missoula right now. The holidays and the, the winning team. And we got Eric Tabor, who's head of uh, communications for the, for the Grizz. And we got Greg Sunberg, who's our uh, color commentator and analyst for Grizz football. And... Every time I hear an you, associate AD, an associate AD. But every time I hear you, Greg, um, doing the radio show, because even when they're on TV, I turn the TV off and listen to you, to you and Riley. I think of Milton Bradley, and you know why? <laughs> why is that? Milton Bradley is a is a game company that invented in 1956 <laughs> Yahtzee, <laughs> and you're the only sports guy I know who uses that. When we're when I hear Yahtzee, I'm like a do- it's like a dog whistle for me. <laughs> Grizz must have done something fantastic, and i got to run to the radio. And so for our listeners, will you do your Yahtzee yet? Oh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Yahtzee, I can't. I'll be honest. I don't he know if I prompted. can. prompted. Yeah, I, I've, got, I've got to see it. Where did you, you have come to up see with something it? exciting? I, I truly have no – there's a few things that have been said on the radio that I just I, – I don't know. That one, I, I really don't know where it came from. I do know – this is a true story, especially around the holidays. My, my family um, – my mom was born and raised and my grandma was born and raised, same house, up on uh, East Center Street, 131 East Center Street, up, up 
in Centerville of Butte, Montana. And around the holidays, we travel in, and there was the the I mean, old school, right? When you talk about the the pen and paper, no digital. But we played Yahtzee every holiday. So Yahtzee was one of my favorite games growing up as a kid. Mine too. And uh, it just came out like Yahtzee's a positive thing, and if you roll Yahtzee, you get excited and. So the question is, uh, do, do Gen X and Millennials play Yahtzee? I think so, just on their computers. Good. Well, but they know what it means, at least. They don't it's think they're some Chinese sympathizer yes, or some no, Asian. No, no. You know, Nothing like that. So we have fun with it. It's 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 all about having fun, and, and we've got a great broadcast team. And, um, yeah, we just have fun. And it's it's really tough not to have fun right now, right. Yeah. the way this football team's playing. Mm-hmm. Eric, your job couldn't be any better this time of year. You, you know, when we are playing in the national championship, you have winning teams out there. The media coverage is fantastic. We've been on ESPN two, two weeks in a row. There's folks all over the country watching the Grizz. You got Bobby at the end of uh, the semifinal game saying there's no college kid who wouldn't want to play here in Missoula, Montana. <laughs> that was the best. Fantastic backdrop and I've had people call me from all over the country saying I saw Missoula you know last on Friday night and it looked fantastic and we were fortunate as we all know to be like on at least in one of those slots the only game on right the only you know so for diehard sports fans they were watching you know the Grizz play in, in Missoula Montana it, it has been phenomenal the exposure we've had through this playoff run and you know, okay, so you make the playoffs and you're gonna you're gonna get on ESPN and it's gonna be you know good exposure. But to have two absolutely blockbuster games, right? Well, three blockbuster games and one of them was a snow game. Not, right. Not a not a right. not a football fan in the country doesn't love a snow game to watch on TV. Absolutely. So you got eyeballs there and you've got two bonanza overtime, crazy wild, great hard fought football games. Underneath Mount Sentinel, you know what I mean? Like, just beautiful, beautiful stuff. And uh, it's been really surprising and just exciting for me to to kind of hear from all the different corners of the world. Like, this was the stuff to watch. The last two games were the things to watch in the country. And, and people the, were tuning in, and, <laughs> right. and people were giving us shout-outs, and we made a lot of uh, fans the last few weeks. Right, and, yeah, and, for, and for us who've been around a long time, Beating Montana State thirty to seven was just better than that started any the ball of rolling. I mean, come on, that's what we live Wait, for. I Greg's, remember Bobby's Greg quote. Wants to say something. No, I, I, I remember Bobby's quote <laughs> to when he said, uh, "You know, I'd like to play five quarters so I could kick their ass even more." <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it is it is a tongue in cheek and to some level rivalry, but it's a serious rivalry. I have to tell you guys, when I ran the Montana World Trade Center at the university. There were companies in Montana that shall remain nameless that would not work with me because I came off of the University of Montana campus and they were oh. they were Bobcats. Yeah, they would not yeah. work with me. That's that's how it that's runs. Wild. That's you know, how it works wild. in the state. You know, people say Michigan, Michigan State, baloney. You know, Oregon, or this is really one of the most they, ingrained rivalries in, in any in any competitive sports. What's what is their what's the equivalent of their GSA? Do they have something? Yeah, that, Bobcat Athletic Association. I, I think most Division One schools, and actually, bah, uh, yeah, yeah, GSA is yeah. a lot better. <laughs> yeah, so that's their fundraising arm, and and let, let's call it what it is. They've done a tremendous job over there on the other side of the hill, uh, spe- especially. Uh, the last few years, building up their programs, um, generating revenue through ticket sales and donations, and you know it, it's it's we've really flourished for twenty plus, well longer than that for a long period of time. And when you're at the top of the mountain, 
people are chasing you. And so I think, quite honestly, the last few years was kind of a, a shot in our arm to say, we, we've got Definitely. to get this going. And this is not our expectations. And that's across the board when, when we talk about our goals. It's uh, we want to beat them. Right? We don't care if it's pickup sticks. We we want to well, beat the Cavs. Absolutely. In basketball and any sport. It's really unusual for the what the expectation is for both of you guys. You're, you're, you're both in communications area for the university. You're both representing Grizz Athletics. When I went to college, we were giddy if we had a winning record. Right. I went to the University of Cincinnati, and it was back in, in the earlier days. And the last year I was there, we were six and five, and people were like just ecstatic. Bobby goes six and five, and they want to fire him. Bobby goes, seven, I mean, seven and four, eight and three is unacceptable in Missoula, Montana. I would say of the top two hundred programs in the country, eight and three, they would be happy. The coach would be getting a raise. That's what I find fascinating about the the, the levels of where we're at: the FCS football level, Division One basketball level. Uh, versus, you know, University of Cincinnati, uh, the Mountain West, uh, or just FBS football in general, you get bowl eligible. That's what that's what the goal is, right? Right. right. And that's six wins. And you know that's that to me. I mean, I listen. I'm I'm a born and raised Missoulian. I love 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 playoff football. Always have. But six wins is just hard to rally around. Right. Well, there are 30 <laughs> bowls. I went and looked at them. I'm not watching anything till New Year's Day, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and Chip Kelly, you know, the, the coach at UCLA now, you know, he's bounced around a bit, says that, you know, there should be, like in, in European football, the premier league of the top 32 teams competing, and then everybody else should be in different leagues or different levels. Yeah, and, and uh, kind of to Eric's point, though, we're, we're at that F- Division One FCS spot, that level, and we feel – and things change, as we know, every day, every hour, right, things change. Right. But we are where we need to be. We are where we want to be. I'd say and 100%. I don't think, no matter how much money it would bring in, if Montana moved up to Mount, Mountain West or whatever other conference, it's for sure we're going to be 5-5, five and five, something like that, for a few years. You can't just move up. The scholarships take a while to you know, bring the players on board. The NIL money, which we'll talk about in a little right. while, is is problematic. This town would rather be ten and one against whoever right, right. than be five and wing or Hawaii or somebody like that. We want, but this a could be tradition. But, but this could be one of those seminal seasons where th- we. This is where we were then. Here's where we are now, five years down the road. Yeah, yeah. For, and FCS. Yeah, I mean, look what happened. What it has it to used be. to be, as we all remember, Marshall used to be the the team yeah. that we all. And then they moved up, and who's heard of Marshall since then? Not no, much. Right. Not much. Right. Yeah, yep. I mean, you know, they don't have they don't have a Randy Moss playing for him. They don't have a Chad Pennington playing for him. They, they have Chad Pennington's son playing for him. Yeah, Actually, that, that's what I saw. It was just oh, it makes me feel really old. But you know, and I, I took note. Just uh, you know, we're going to play in the national championship down in Frisco, Texas. Right. Two days ago, three days ago was the Frisco Bowl, right. which Marshall was playing in against Texas San Antonio. Ah. And there was you know it's a twenty thousand seat stadium. There was maybe ten thousand people there. It just didn't maybe. have maybe. Didn't have the same pizzazz no. that this uh, this championships. How do you have. how do you feel? I ask you first, Greg. How are we going to fare on on one seven? I mean, what's our what do you, you've seen, you know? Both of you guys have been involved with this team for a long time, but specifically this season. Let me let me add something before they respond, please. So, for the last few years, South Dakota State's been a juggernaut. They're twenty nine straight wins. Sure. 
They look like uh, you know a team that could compete in in the uh, Pac-10, right? Or Pac-12 or whatever it's called these days. Pac-2, yeah. you know, when everybody Pac-0. So we got three weeks to 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 prepare, but you just have the talent you have, and they have the talent they have, and they and they look pretty impressive. Well, I th- I've been telling people uh, South Dakota State beat Montana State only because uh, right. the quarterback threw a pass in front of the line of scrimmage. Right. Uh, otherwise, Montana State would have won that game. That was the best comparison. They and, beat them by four points. And what do we do to Montana State? Right. So at this level, I mean, look Any at the, the, the Furmans of the world, heck, the Delawares of the world, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, to a degree, Idaho. Um, they're all pretty evenly balanced, I feel like. And whoever's playing good that day is going to win that game, Sure, I feel like. So Taves feels that. How about you? Yeah, and here, here's the thing, I, and this is kind of like cliche-ish a little bit, but when you get in the playoffs, really, maybe besides round one, there's some big discrepancies between the host team and you know who they're playing, but they're all good. We, we saw right. it the last yeah. three weeks. So, I mean, it's going to come down to the little things. It really is. I, I think, and I, I think we'd all agree, Montana has to play their best football uh, with a senior-laden South Dakota State team. Their DNA is just like the rest of the Missouri Valley. They're going to stop the run. They're going to run the ball. I think that the X factor for them is their quarterback can make them go. He he can do it all right. through, mm-hmm. through the air. And, and nothing knocking Cam Miller at NDSU. Maybe he wasn't – he was an effective passer. I think he completed like 75% of his passes. But at the same time, they didn't ask him to do much. I well, mean, and we put a lot of pressure on him, and he didn't perform well. As right. soon as he didn't perform well yeah. on yeah. the pressure, we got more pressure yeah. on him. But, right. you know, around the offices right now, we're kind of, I mean, it, it's it's such a joyous time for our, our department, our right. campus, yeah. our city. But we're saying, why not us? Why, why not? We got right. one game. Hey, they and, had – I mean, if you looked at the competition, I mean, North Dakota State is a more formidable team to play than University of Albany. Sure. I mean, right, I mean you, you yep. say they're all even, but they're really not all even. I watched that game, and you probably watched it too. That team was completely overmatched in all phases of the game. Yeah, I mean, and, they, and they played a really good football game the week earlier. But again, right. it's what team shows up. South Dakota's played here at Frisco. They they know this situation. They know what they're doing on Thursday. They know what they're doing on Friday. This is new to us. I mean, I know we love to pound our chests at Montana like we're doing this year right. in and year out. It's been... It's been a few years, Tabes. Right. Yeah. So, well, you know, and we part need... of it is, uh, you know, I was I was chatting with uh, with somebody just after the Idaho win. Actually, we went down to Moscow and beat Idaho, and we were like, "Oh yeah, there." No, it was actually the week after when uh, when Idaho beat Montana State. Right. Um, I was chatting to someone, and we were thinking, like, okay, well, you know, Idaho's could be for real. They're going to be in the playoffs. But uh, my my friend sort of just nudged me and said. There's still only two teams in this conference who are going to win games in the playoffs. And that that's the key is right. winning right. games in the playoffs because getting to the playoffs is one thing. And winning a first-round game is another thing. I mean, the Albanys of the world can do that. And maybe a second-round game because Albany went to Idaho and played a really good game. Mm-hmm. Right. But you run out of juice if you're not used to this sort of thing. It's, it's, it's hard to keep it going. Sure. Through. Three, four sure. rounds. And right. I forget the stat. I mean, Riley Corcoran is just full of stats. But it, it, w- the the next step to that is not only getting to the playoffs, but putting yourself in a situation where you have home field yeah. advantage. Well, and that, as we saw massive. with false starts, oh. penalties, 
I Everything. Mean, Washington Grizzly lifted this team to a couple wins, and I, I don't think anyone that attended or watched on TV would disagree. Well, I saw that our decibel level at 115 match University of Tennessee, which holds <laughs> that stadium holds 101,000 people. Yeah. That's crazy. There's a lot of Apple Watches, I guess, that were going man. off saying, yeah. <laughs> saying you, you need to get out of this noise. You need to seek shelter. Seek, now you, seek uh, he, he's probably going to be going to the game, but you ought to make sure that Mark Mariani's there because you remember when he was on the team when we played South Dakota State. He He's, oh yeah, he. By the way, he is coming. There's Good. a lot of former student athletes across this country that are going to make their trip to Frisco. That's for sure. For our listeners, we played South Dakota State in a playoff game, and we were down at half by 30 points. Oh yeah. And then like Mark that. took the kickoff for a touch. You know, the, the uh, second half kickoff for a touchdown, and had two more in the second half. The best story, and even Mark will say this. I don't know who, how many attended. Let's just call it twenty thousand, twenty five thousand attended that right. game. At half after halftime, they were getting blown out. They, meaning the Grizz, were getting blown out so much. I bet you eight thousand fans came back in, but there afterwards, there's eighty thousand that actually attended the game. Yeah. Right, there. <laughs> right, right, right. You know right, what right, I mean? Right, yeah. So it, it, everyone no, is there. Watch, just yeah, gets bigger I mean, and bigger yeah. and bigger. I was there. I was there. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Let's do a quick ID. Our guests are Greg Sunberg, associate AD, color commentary, and voice of the Grizz. Eric Tabor, director of communications. So I want to switch gears for a second here because we can talk about Mon- Montana all. We can play out all their schemes. We could we could figure out what their plays ought to be and all of that. But the portal is now open in college football, and there's all of this NIL money. And I saw I saw something today that was shocking to me, which really kind of want your input on on what this is going to mean in the future. Brock Purdy, the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers and maybe the MVP of the league, is making $870,000 a year for this year playing in the NFL. The backup quarterback at Texas, Arch Manning, has got $2.3 million as a freshman in NIL money. That is unprecedented. (laughs) Tabor's laughing. I mean, how... (laughs) That's all I can't well, do. Was this, was this arms. contemplated? Was this anticipated? What's the reaction from the NCAA? There are players that have gone through the portal now four times. So here's what happened. And we'll just we'll cut right to it. Yeah. The train left the station. The NCAA was all about risk aversion. Avoid, and I, I don't mean this rudely, but avoiding lawsuits. And and again, there there should have been a balance of student athlete, what I would call rights. Their right said if we're selling Mark Mariani's jersey, meaning we, the University of Montana, with AD and Mariani on the back, that gentleman should be rewarded for that. For some reason, compensated, he, yeah, right. compensated. Yeah, that right? makes sense. Right, that makes sense. And honestly, some pocket change makes sense. The NCAA used to be so strict, strict like you couldn't buy a kid a hot dog. Uh, right. You know, downtown or a cheeseburger because that's a NCA violation. So we went from completely craziness to completely craziness. I think, and I could be wrong, that this will settle down. And here's my quick example is Eric Tabor. Uh, we go to Eric Tabor. He's a multimillionaire. And we go, Eric, would you donate a million dollars to get Clifton McDowell to the University of Montana. He goes, I'm in. Bad example, because Clifton's making it and making a huge impact. I thought it was because I don't have a million dollars. Well, let's say he you donates to get Joe Blow, the quarterback, million dollars from Butte, Montana in here. Well, let's say Joe Blow does not work out. And we come back to Eric and we go, okay, that one didn't work out. He actually dropped out of school a year later. Right, right. Was third string. Then or we go he transferred somewhere else. Or something else. But we keep going to Eric and it doesn't work out. 
How many times is Eric going to keep doing? I do think the economies of scale will come back. I think the bigs are still going to throw out two commas in some of their stuff. And right now, the University of Montana, we're in transition. As we speak, we've got our collective moving. Are we wanting to, needing to um, pay our student athletes, at least at this point in time, hundreds of thousands of dollars? No. But do we want to put some, I don't want to say pocket change, but do we want to reward them for for good success? Who are we worried about? Who are we worried about that's on our current roster that goes into the portal that potentially leaves us? Well, you name it. Junior Bergen is my worry. Yeah. I I don't know if I'm going to name name (laughs) specific names. If a guy has a good year, he can throw himself out there and somebody's going to offer him money. I just saw that the number one JUCO college player in the country got... It went uh, uh, went through the portal and went to Mississippi State, and he showed up at the signing ceremony in a Lamborghini. Yeah, <laughs> but again, that's that's the haves and the have-nots. So Mo- Montana is not Mississippi, It's not no. Tennessee, it's not Washington, it's not Washington State, really. The, it's well, not it Oregon. Be, who knows, yeah, who's going to have Nike money? Yeah, and so there's so there's still money. levels of this. I mean, the, the 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 numbers, the commas that you're seeing are. Probably not going to reach this level, and it shouldn't. Like kind of like Greg alluded to, it's what if it doesn't work out with with player X, player Y. There's a lot. This is what I keep going back to. What I tell myself to help me sleep at night. There's a lot of reasons for a guy to want to stay at Montana, right? And having five, ten grand in your pocket to pay rent and you know get a new car or whatever like that while you're here playing in front of all those right. fans at the University right. of Montana, playing for a championship, getting NFL-caliber coaching, and really setting yourself up for a career in football, there's a lot of benefits to right. all of that well, the if other you're thing, a smart kid. The other thing, Tabs, is we've never attracted four- and five-star players. I mean, they don't come Correct. here. Correct. And even before the money, because there were other incentives. We all know that the Alabamas, the Oklahomas, you know, the Notre Dames, all those schools took care of these guys one way or another. You know, we all you heard stories oh, even sure. by the athletes of yeah. of the uh, you know of the of the supporters lining up after a game and guys going down and getting fifth hundred dollar bills and by the end right. of the run they, they had five grand in there. I mean that kind of stuff. Or Oscar Robertson saying when he played at the University of Cincinnati, he got he got a job um, at, at basically turning the lights off at the in the in the gym and was paid right. a. Uh, you know, a decent living wage for that. Well, a, a lot of it too, and and this is more of the transfer portal piece, and not necessarily the NIL piece, but they're sort of connected. Is the the transfer portal was intended to the purpose of the transfer portal was a, to allow guys, athletes, student athletes, the freedom to go play, to go find, to go somewhere where the situation is going to be better for you to get on the field uh, or to get on the court. Right. And so, if you come to Montana or you come to Montana State or Cal or wherever, and you're a star running back as a freshman or a senior out of high school, and you go to you go to the college and you find out you're going to be the number two guy for a long time, or you're maybe you're not going to see the field for a long time. You now have the ability to shop yourself around again and go find a better situation for yourself, right. which is a co- net positive. Right. Well, it's, that happens uh, with quarterbacks right. more noticeably than almost anybody well, and else. And here's the thing, and this is where old school Greg comes out. This is the 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 tough part for me because I do believe there should be. Um, NIL and collective money. I, I do believe in that. To the extremes we see at the bigs, not necessarily. But we've completely devalued 
for those that are on scholarship, what a scholarship is worth. We're not yeah. even talking about scholarship, right, right. even though we've got to go raise it every day, every year for our deserving student athletes. We're not even talking about the value of a scholarship, which is really sad. The other sad part is, right, and I and I say this in a good way, student athletes wanted these rights, these rights to have such things as the portal in it. But you know what happens, though, is they can change on a dime and move on. Well, now coaches you're seeing, there's a lot ah. of coaches that, that sit in our building that if they signed up student-athlete A or B and they did everything asked of them, but say they didn't have the talent, most, like 99% of the time, they'd keep them on scholarship. They'd keep them moving through to graduate. Right. Now that loyalty is gone because the student-athlete right. not necessarily have the, the loyalty to stick it out mm-hmm. if right. they're doing well. Well, the coach might say, you know what? You're not cutting it, and you're not producing sure. on the field, doing everything else right. So we're going to move on. It's not a. It's not a good. It's not a great situation. Well, it's not a great situation, and it, it changes the fundamentals of how the whole system operates. I mean, they don't have caps. I mean, uh, most sports free. have it's a free cap. agency. It's, it's free agency. It's complete free agency. Hate to say it, but we had a donor the other day calling because again, talk about busy. Eric Tabor, what is today? Thursday. Just got a whole bunch of. Um, Communication out on 16... 16, 16, 16 on signing day. We had a donor that said, I, I mean this nicely, I'm not excited for signing day. I want to see who's dropping down. We're not even excited wow. about the high school from... Yeah. The high schooler from Browning, from Kalispell. And it's like, oh man, have we lost our way. This, this is the bread and butter. And it will continue to be the bread and butter of Grizzly football is those recruits moving up. But well, you're going to see a lot more action what through if, the portal. Well, South Dakota no. State has plenty of those. Oh, yeah, sure. What if, but what if, like, a, 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 a Montana State, like, casts the first, you know, shot over the bow and comes up with some real money to bring someone in and change the complexion? I mean, that could happen. Sure, right? sure, sure. And that sure. probably will happen. I want to ask one because, question. Especially after the ass-kicking we gave. For our, li- yeah. for our listeners, I understand, I might be wrong, that there's supposed to be a firewall between the athletic department and the NIL money. But how does that really work? Because how do you, how does NIL uh, investors, let's call them investors, yep. how do NIL contribute if they don't know who the player is going to be? There has to be some communication. So that communication comes to us as administrators right. a lot of times, and we can direct. Uh-huh. We can't solicit, but... Scott comes in and says, hey, here's what we want to do. Great. Thank you. We're kind of like hands up. Right. Here's where you go. In fact, former uh, student athlete, former 37 Marcus Wellnell is our our rep for NIL and collective. So we have folks that run with it. We can't administer it, nor do we want to administer it. And so there is a firewall. That's a great question. There is a firewall. So somebody like Marcus, who's the rep, would come in and say to the NIL group, whoever they are, there's a recruit out there. He's a quarterback. He plays in Idaho. He's a three-star guy. He'd love to come to Montana. He needs a hundred grand. Well, there's definitely, yeah, there's definitely communication. Okay. There's communication, but there's no solicitation between the coach and, right. and the collective. And right now, um, quite candidly, we've had conversations with all our coaches and what they're saying is, here's what the pool we're looking for. Like, here's the number. Right. And and each sport's a little different. Basketball's different than football. Right. Football's different than softball. Right. On on the number they need and how it's pocketed. Like there's some sports that say, I want a thousand dollars for every student athlete per semester. There's some saying, I want two thousand, but then I want an extra twenty thousand 
in case I need to get four or five different, you know, for a yeah, little yeah, yeah. more. Yeah. So it, it and we're just on the beginning right. of this. And but here's the biggest, the yeah. scariest thing for us yeah. at Montana, where we, I know folks walk into Washington Grizz Stadium and think we have everything under the sun. They see the Champion Center and Dahlberg Arena. They think we are flush with money. Folks, it's just it's just not the case. And so our biggest our biggest fear is cannibalization because we go and we ask right. folks a lot from their season ticket to their single game ticket to their GSA to quarterback club to all these things we're asking. And now we're saying, oh, on top of it, or we need this, and well, they'll say, "Well, wait a second, we're going to pick one or the other." Right. So it's just yeah, it's a really tough situation. So let's while we're talking money, we should get off of money and talk about football. But yeah, let's talk football. If the <laughs> if the playoffs have what do they say generated seven and a half million dollars of in, you know additional revenue for the city, right? Yeah, right? hotels and restaurants. Yeah, and right. Economic that. impact. Economic impact, which is great. Greg Sumberg, Eric Tabor, little ID with. This going, you know, as far as we're going to the championship, the work you're doing when you hit the road and you start to go all over the state to try to raise money, how is this going to impact and help you? Phenomenal. Like, tell us how though, because I, yeah. I, how do you, how do you get new people to be a part of that? Well, some of it's ticketing, right? Some, some of that right. is we, we, we had about. 12 folks sign up for quarterback club, which is a, a yearly membership that you, we can go in the details, but you kind of get the inside source. You get uh, weekly mean. Yeah. But this is quarterback club where these Gosh, funds go directly to football. We had about 12 members sign up so they could get in early to get the, right. the Frisco t- tickets. But you know what? I, I think what it does is it energizes everybody to get more involved. They see the product, they see what coach Houck is doing and it motivates them to activate, right? And yep. so a lot of our activation is asking folks to be a part of it. One of the things that I've noticed, there have been a number of uh, new people who've moved to Missoula, and the ones that have moved around the football season have become even some of our neighbors. Yeah, Scott football. and I live. Yeah. All of a sudden, have become they're going to the Grizz games, and they become Grizz supporters because they come from towns that didn't have this kind of Mecca, you you hit the nail on the head there. It, we've talked about this before, Greg. Is that there? There's just a lot more people in this valley. We sold out every yes. single home game, right. and we sold out one of the two playoff or three playoff games, and we had twenty thousand in the other two playoff games, which is very, very, very good for most of our playoff appearances. Right. So anyway, yes. and set just a season a, ticket record this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Season yeah. There's a lot more people in this valley, and Grizzly Athletics is a great entertainment source for all, numerous reasons that we all know. In this room, um, but but there are those people in town, and I've, actually one of them is a good friend of mine. Uh, moved to town, is a doctor in town, loves football, is gonna is right. all in. He's right. all in, and, he's and I've noticed that among a number and of so, people. So when Greg calls that guy up, he's gonna be like, "Let's yeah. talk some scholarship." If here you see this like number on your caller ID, no, I'm yeah. just kidding. Well, you know, but the you funny know, thing is that, that people kind of have loyalty to the school they went to. But for some of these people, that's thirty years ago, and they don't yeah. have never lived in that town, and you know they haven't lived in that town, or for got disconnected, years. or anything yeah, else. right. And, and now they're is, living here, and this is the this is the big enchilada. It is such in a good game day experience too. It, totally, it, and and that it, it is not the same everywhere else. No, Absolutely not no. the same other places. I've been to Cal Poly. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. not great, but uh, so it, people love it. It's the experience they get when they come here, and if they're new to the valley, they come to see one game. They're going to come back for season tickets the next year. They might donate to the GSA the next year, join the quarterback club, whatever. But it, it sort of self perpetuates. And I think it's that perfect size program. 
meaning you're not Texas, you're not Georgia. Where right. I, and I mean this in a sincere way. I mean, they're awesome institutions, awesome athletic programs. They're blue bloods, but you're a number. Where I think a lot of folks, whether you're sitting in that north end zone, the south end zone, season ticket holder, might come to two or three games. They feel like they are, and they are, by the way, they yeah. are a truly a part of the success. Well, it's much more intimate. Yes. You know, you go to Ohio State, it's 100000 I mean, all these big schools you're talking about, you're, you're, you're paying a ton of money to go to the games. It's totally impersonal unless you're really in the upper, upper echelon. I mean, yep. right. and, and uh, it's not that interesting. And, and I, if I can, I'm going to kind of go off course, but we're talking about, you know, being a part of this. But I, I will say the impact, and I'm glad, Scott, you brought up the economic impact because we're very proud of that fact. We're, right. we're proud that we're not just a football game or just an athletic department. We feel like we're the front porch into the institution. We're uh, a marketing lever or arm for the institution. I think we can be that for the city, the valley, the state. And so there's so it's far more reaching than just, and don't get me wrong, we're in this to win it, right? We're, right there's right. a scoreboard. Our AD says this all the time. There's a scoreboard for a reason. We want to be on the top of that scoreboard or on the winning side. But the impacts this has on right. campus, community, economy are huge. And we're, and we're very proud to be a small part of that. When, yeah. when Lowell Galindo of ESPN commentator, play-by-play guy who was here for the Furman and the North Dakota yep, State yep. game comes on, and he is oh, witnessing yeah. one of the great yeah. games in FCS history, and he's like, folks, Missoula is legit. The University of Montana is legit. That's yeah, what he said. It's beautiful, yeah. yeah. And he went on a minute-long rant about how yeah, great yeah. this place is and how great the fan base is. That's advertising that will eventually pay off to the guys who own the hotels, who own the restaurants, who own the university, uh, who sponsors, yeah, sponsors everybody. I mean, it's I, I use this phrase way too often, but a rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah, well, and that's and, what and I, we, we like and to this think about. town has been supportive for a long, long time. I mean, of you the go, institution. Yes, as a whole, I mean, yeah. you go yes. you go to any of these other places that are in our, the Big Sky Conference or any of the other top schools, even send South Dakota State. They draw eight nine thousand and for their games. I know they're a Cal small Poly. town. Brookings is only twenty something thirty thousand people, but most of these schools outside of North Dakota State and a couple of the others, they they, they don't draw what we draw. No, they don't and have and their attendance is actually what? surprisingly drawing down. They're not yeah. they're not getting what they and we're going to. up. Yeah, Eric Tabor, Greg Sunberg, let's talk football. Hey, all right. Because we talk money all day. Okay. But what what are the keys of the game? Like, what do we need to do right on Sunday the seventh for that to be for us to get the W? Right. I'll go to you first, Greg. Greg, you watch every game. You're in there in the booth with Riley. You yep. see what's going on. You're you're you know you're a, yep. you're an analyst. Analyze this. You're, what you're is an analyst. What do we got to do? Sometimes I mean I could probably hit ten bullets right, and they're all kind of well, no da, no da, no da. But I think, and it's a broken record as we talk on radio, and I say this when we start the program, we talk keys to victory. The the makeup of the Grizz is this, to win the special teams battle. And we've seen that. Yes. That has been imperative, right? Absolutely. That is a Just strength. for Junior Bergen, right? Yes. Next to, but it's not just Junior. 
the guys lined Everybody. up for him without fantastic. A, without a doubt. It takes 10 other so guys to make. Teams. Special yeah. teams has to win the day. Okay, right. And that means if you're in field goal range, you've got to put it through the uprights. You've got to control, the, not even necessarily putting touchdowns, but can you flip the field, whether it's you punting the ball away, making them go 90 yards, or flipping the field in the return game, having right. short, short fields to try to score. Defensively, I think it's going to be a lot like NDSU. I don't know if you can stop their run. Might be silly to say. Can you slow them down to put them in down and distance that they don't want to be in, right? Third and long. It's easier said than done. But you have to do that, and then you have to be outstanding on third down. Yep. Like you right. have to be outstanding defensively. Which on third I think down. was the real key against North Dakota State. Yes, was we were very. Yeah, I think good we were against three of fourteen or some. I forget four, this. Four of fourteen, maybe. Yeah, North something Dakota like State. that. Well, well, third, in, in the last three games, we really weren't playing from behind. You get down 10, 14 points. Yep. And the clock's ticking. You have to change your offense, and they know it. Without they know what doubt. you're going to do. And yep. so you got to stay. You got to stay ahead of the uh, of the of the wave. And then I, I I don't want to put it on one guy, but I do think, especially the last few weeks, the balance has to be there. That's what has made since NAU on this team has played complimentary run pass football. And when I say that one person, I, I do think Clifton McDowell right. has to be effective in passing situations. Now that could be. That he tucks in and runs for ten yards and gains a first down, which but, he's good at. We'll take it. Yeah. yeah, we'll take it. But he's got to be effective, and and he has he's he's taken the reins of being the starter, and he is once that shift kind of went on, and Coach Houck said, "This is your show, it's yours. Go run with it." He has done well, that. He's ten so, and zero. You can't ask for anything right. more than so, that. Yeah, but that, but he he's been successful, and I point to the Montana State game as sort of the prime example of yeah. this. He's been very successful when the offense has been balanced. And the offense has been incredibly balanced. At one point, right. I took a snapshot of the entire season to date, which was right around after the Idaho win, maybe a little, couple of weeks later, right in that neighborhood. But the amount of offensive uh, running yards we had produced on the right. offense uh, versus the amount of passing yards of the offense, there was a difference of like 15 yards yeah. in the two, which is unbelievably balanced. And that's what... Our offense, our offense under Brent P is designed to do. And I, I will say this: if you look at South Dakota State, I, I the the little I've seen it, we're gonna all take a, a little deeper dive in the right, coming sure. weeks. And our coaches have already taken the deepest dive. Um, but they just from kind of a forty thousand foot view, they are at MSU, and they are in North Dakota State. Defensively, they're a four down front. Yep. They bring three linebackers. They want to take everything to the middle. They'll play soft coverage, meaning they don't want to give anything over the top. And then offensively, they want to pound the rock. They right. want to pound it on first and second down. But a little different with South Dakota State might be the best passing quarterback we're going to see all year. He's yeah. got juice. He's really got juice, yeah. that yeah. guy. He can, so, he can move the ball. So we get a Jerry Rice award-winning yeah. freshman running back. And the last two games weren't up to a Jerry Rice award caliber. Is there a reason for that? Did the defense... Overcompensate for him, or to, to put extra pressure on him? Did we not make the right calls for Eli? He didn't look like the guy he looked like up until that point. No, I. I, I sorry, I will say yeah. this: that Furman and North Dakota State, in my opinion, are the two best defensive fronts we've played okay. all year long. Right. I mean, without a doubt. Right. I mean, they had some dudes on those mm-hmm. fronts and yeah. depth and, and depth, yeah, and guys to keep coming out in, in the second and third string. But um, so I mean that that's not a small factor, right? right. I mean, and I think there's a I mean, there's a lot of reasons. The offensive line uh, against Furman, uh, you know, 
two left tackle, left guard, didn't play much. Starting left tackle didn't. I mean, we had a kind of banged up offensive line. Right. They're starting to come back healthy now, which is going to be great for us. Right. And having three weeks between our last game and the championship That's game huge. is magical. I mean, it's it's a big deal. Is it deal. too long? He, he, I don't think so. They're going to get a little break. They're going to get a little well, break. break. Yeah. And South Dakota State gets three weeks to look at us. Yeah, it's yeah. the same. I mean, yeah. it's the same. And they could heal up. Yeah. The last thing I'll say, and, and Eric hit it on the head, is if you look at the Furman game, and of course you can just plop on the internet and watch we'll the watch whole game, the whole right? right? But if you watch Furman, and and I think South Dakota State's similar to this, their corners and their safeties were highly talented and a ton of speed. Like, the gentleman named uh, Blackshear. I think he's right. one of the best corners we're going to see all year. 100%. Right. But then if you looked, if you just pre snap before the ball is snapped and you look and you're like, holy cow, there are eight guys within four yards of the line of scrimmage at times. Eight guys. So if you're in a spread and you've got five guys to block eight, I don't care who, I don't care right. if you're Walter Payton himself. You're, you're, well, you're, it's going to be a tough challenge. That's why right? Cliff ended up carrying the ball so right? much. Right. And then had some success too. Yes. So. Sure. Yeah, hands are full. They, I, I will say this: the South Dakota State team is one, uh, one ranked and undefeated for a reason. They are they're a complete team. They've got a ton of seniors, and they've been there, done that. Right. They're like North Dakota State was up until they. Yep. South Dakota State and, and North Dakota State. I you know they have three losses. I don't. I wouldn't want to see them again. I mean, no, they, no, they're no. They fun, were they were the most phenomenal team, team we played. And, and that goes back to my point that there's there's only a few teams that could win games in the playoffs. A lot of games in the playoffs. Right. And North Dakota State, Montana, South Dakota State have that DNA. And yeah. North Dakota State, mind you, goes three weeks in a row. <laughs> And has an opportunity yeah, well, to get something done I mean, on the road. As their coach said, and I agree with their coach, you know, it was the Grizz fans and playing in, in Missoula that won it for us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If we were playing in North Dakota, I don't think we would have won that well, game. And now I think Missoula really wants to duplicate that in Frisco with all the frenzy right. of people trying to get tickets. And uh, I don't oh, yeah. even know what we're going to get there, but the thousands fan, of people. The fans, the fans ca- caused right. at least seven penalties. Well, yeah. on the same line of questioning, <clears throat> Intrastate, intrastate rivalry right. that we have with yes. MSU, and that's I think it's a good thing well, for us. It's great for us, but if do we? I'm just curious. <laughs> I wonder if MSU wants us to win versus they want SD to win. They don't want us to win. They don't want no, us no, to win. No, it's no, that, I don't care what they that, say. Let's answer Eric this question. Eric and I are going to let you answer this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We're not touching it with a forty. See you guys yeah. later. No. 40 foot pole. No. They, but don't it's such like, a cool, they don't even like people who show up in, in Bozeman wearing maroon flannel. St- a jacket. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a strong rivalry, and that's okay. It's a good rivalry. Yeah, it as makes long as we better. can keep it healthy. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. Without yeah. a doubt, it makes both schools better top to bottom. Well, you're competing with them, too. I mean, that's the most amazing thing is GSA competes with Ba. And, right. you, you know, know they yeah, had, well, so here's the thing I will say to that because I've heard that a lot of times. I, we we do and we don't. Their financial. Picture is a lot Makeup. different. Yeah, a lot different due to the the high enrollment. And let's just call it, they, they have more discretionary funds to help support their athletic department, right. more than we do. Right. Um, at the same time, you're a Grizz or you're not a Grizz. We're, right. There's very few people you'll find on the corner of the street and say, hey, uh, would you like to support the GSA or quarterback? <laughs> well, I'm kind of in between. No. Very rarely <laughs> are they in between. And if they are, they're probably not going to donate. Where do you, where do you go? Well, that's the ones who have wives or husbands who went to the other school and they can't, yeah. you know, they want to have dinner tonight. Let's do a quick break. Our guests are Greg Sumberg and Eric Tabor from the University of Montana. Back after this.
Arnie, we are back with Greg Sunberg and Eric Tabor. So, gentlemen, a couple of things uh, before we close out. What's going to be going on in Frisco for all the folks that are going there? Eric? It's going to be awesome. Frisco is, first of all, a really good place. Frisco in the greater Dallas area is a really good place to host this game. There is so much going on. The hotels are great. It's easy to get around. The facilities for the game are great. But um, our our, our folks at the uh, Grizzly Alumni Association have done a bang-up job of getting cool events for Grizzly fans and alumni to get together to celebrate this national championship opportunity down there. So uh, grizzalum.org, uh, just, just Google Montana Grizzly alumni, uh, and, and there's just lists of stuff. There's parties, there's get-togethers, there's lists of activities for everybody to do down in Frisco on top of going to the game, tailgate parties, you name it. Lots what time of is the stuff. game again? So, uh, noon Mountain Time. Noon so, MST. So 1 Central. 1 Central Time. GSA. People out there who aren't involved, that need to be involved, how do they get involved? I love it. Very easy. <laughs> Upwithmontana.com. Upwithmontana.com. You can go there, and it's as easy as a couple clicks. You can support any individual sport or just the general scholarship fund. Can I ask you boys both a score prediction? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh well, we boy. know we're going to win. So, it'll so be we win. win. So what's going to be a score? Grizz by a million. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I retract that statement. Um, I think it's going to be uh, a defensive battle. Number one, I think Eric it's going to be. This is I think game. it's going to be a close game. I think special teams comes into it. I think Montana comes out. I'm not going to throw numbers out there, but I think Montana comes out on top, even though we're currently 12 point underdogs. I think, 13, right? and 13, and 13 and a half. 13 and a half. It's growing. Yeah. I'm well, gonna, who knows at the time of this? Yeah. Airing, yeah, yeah. Who knows who it'll be? Grizz win. That's it. Here's what. close game. I went 12 for 12 two weeks ago in my NFL predictions. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. I want to listen to you then. <laughs> That's Yahtzee. 24-21 Grizz. 24-21? That's yeah, a tight ball game. 21. That's a good ball game. That's I mean, a good you know ball what? We, That's we ball like game. good ball games. Hey. We're good in good ball games. We have been We good. won in double overtime. You know, what happens often in a game that if you're up 30-7, to 7, like with you know in the Bozeman game, you're not at your best for the last quarter. Yeah. Can't you be. want to keep it. You want to keep it at the highest level. You want this season <laughs> to go down as a memorable season. Even though the Grizz were against the Cats, no. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think Excuse we me. should say a fond to do. Eric Tabes, thank you. Thank you guys. Greg Sumbers, thank you so much for having us on. Hey, this is great. Thank you guys for your support. Yeah. Hey, we love it, Arnie. I'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to What Do You Know. I can't wait for the next show, Scott. I'm excited too, Arnie. If you'd like to suggest a guest, send me an email at scottrichman at townsquaremedia.com. We'll see you next week. And thanks for listening to News Talk KGVO. 